Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast, coming to you from the headquarters of the National Federation of the Blind in Baltimore. Hello, and welcome once again to the Nation's Blind Podcast. I'm Melissa Riccobono, and I appreciate that you have downloaded this third bonus episode of the Nation's Blind Podcast. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of continuing my conversation with Laura Kohler. For those that don't know, Laura is a pre-K teacher at Patterson Park Public Charter School here in Baltimore. And in bonus episode one, she shared her experiences of teaching a blind student in her classes this year. Now in this episode, Laura and I talk about the things that she does in order to make sure that parents who happen to be blind, President Riccobono and myself, have access to all the information that the school sends home and what she does to make sure that we are truly able to access all the information and the tools that we need to help Elizabeth with her education. This is a great episode for parents who happen to be blind and I hope that you enjoy this interview. Let's get started. My name is Laura Kohler and I'm a pre-K teacher at Patterson Park Public Charter School in Baltimore City. This is my third year teaching. All right, so uh, just so happens, obviously, that since you're teaching Elizabeth, you're also working with parents who happen to be blind. And it's obvious that you make an effort to communicate with parents of all your students. Um, and so why don't you talk a little bit about what tools you use just in general to communicate with the parents of your students? So in general, I send notes home in folders that are on paper. We get updates, permission slips, newsletters, all of that good stuff goes home in folders. Usually every day there's something going home that needs to be looked at or signed. Um, But I also use an app called Remind, and it's a free app that lets you send text messages and photos and kind of announcements to anyone in your class. Um, And I really love that tool because it allows you to communicate with parents without giving out a personal phone number. So for any teachers that are hesitant to give out a cell phone number, it's kind of a way for you to text without giving out anything personal. So I really like that, and it lets me send updates about field trips we're going on, special dress-up days, don't forget report cards are coming home today, that kind of thing is an extra tool for parents. So I do both paper messaging and electronic messaging. And the Remind app, I was really pleasantly surprised, not not surprised maybe is the wrong word, but I was was very pleased. Um, Sometimes apps are very accessible to people that are sighted and not so much to people that are blind because there's a lot of unlabeled buttons or uh, a captcha that you have to, you know, complete before you can actually sign in or whatever else. The Remind app was actually very, very easy. Um, and it's been really wonderful to get those reminders as text messages on my phone. And it's also been great to be able to do an actual chat. So I know the beginning of the year, it was Elizabeth's missing some paperwork and we could kind of chat back and forth. I thought I gave it to you at the picnic, maybe not. And where is it? Um, and then just the other day, it was such a nice surprise to get this great message about, Um, Elizabeth just wrote this whole sentence all by herself and her drawing was so good with it and I'm so proud of her and it was very cool that my husband and I both were able to get that message just like that from Mm -hmm. you we were able to respond back to you right away and just kind of share our appreciation for all the things that you were doing and and also just to share that we were really proud of Elizabeth too and that it was a really nice way to uh have some good news in our day. So the Remind app has been 
wonderful. And what parent doesn't need a reminder <laughs> once in a while? No, I really, I can't say enough great things about that app. I promise they're not paying me. But, um, <laughs> it's just, it's great because parents work and a lot of the times a phone call interrupts them at work. So if you just have something quick, a text, they can read it at their convenience and respond back to you or schedule a phone conference or an in-person conference if it's something that needs to be followed up. Sure. So I really like it as a way to stay in constant contact and keep people up to date about what's happening in the classroom. Definitely. So what additional things have you done to make sure that Mark and I know what's going on in the classroom? So all of that paper that comes home every day, instead of expecting you to respond to it on paper, I email it to you. And it's really not an extra step for me because I already have the majority of the documents electronically. So it's just a really quick email, attach, and send. So it's not really an extra step or a time burden. It's things that I already have. So it takes maybe a minute. Yeah, it's been wonderful to get all that and even permission slips and things. It's been great. The schools really let us sign things electronically, mm -hmm. send them back. Um, I know there was a recipe project and we did get the paper that came home and had this nice little template that you could use to handwrite it, but I was able to just type it up and send it back as an attachment and, and um, it's, it's worked out really very nicely for us. And you've been very, very good pretty much every day, not every day, but every week, certainly. Every week that's something. I get an email or two. Um, and it's, it's really nice too. I mean, I feel like um, it's sort of an advantage for me as a parent, um, particularly when there's teachers that are so good about remembering to email, but I just feel like I have um, that much more of a relationship, I guess, mm -hmm. with a teacher. And to me, that's really important. I'm, I'm a people person kind of in general. And so it's really nice to feel like I have maybe that little bit of an extra connection, um, not just to you, but to, to all the teachers mm -hmm. that, that my kids have had, just because Absolutely. we're kind of constantly in that yeah. back and forth communication. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's been really nice for us too. certainly we want to stay involved too in what's going on. And there's a lot of paper that comes home. Yes. And the other thing that you do really well is you'll often send an email that says, here's the stuff that I have electronically. Here's the other stuff that's in paper only that's in the folder that I don't have electronically. And that's really helpful because then we know to look out for it. Um, just recently it was the yearbook order form and it was like, oh, good. Yes, we want to order a yearbook. Um, we'll make sure that we look for that and it you know, doesn't get lost in <laughs> all the millions of pieces of paper. Absolutely. And I feel like with email being as widespread as it is, that's no parent should feel like that's a burden on a teacher to send an email. Mm -hmm. And if we ever do forget to email, please just say, oh, could you email that to me? Because we're not going to be angry or upset. We'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I had 8 million things. <laughs> no problem. Absolutely. So that kind of goes really nicely into the next question, which is, you know, advice that you have for parents that are blind. And it sounds like uh, email is one piece of advice and, and not to feel bad that you're sort of burdening a teacher or, you know, asking yeah, them to do not. something extra. Mm -hmm. Um, and are there other things that parents can do help to, to help teachers communicate with them? I would say at the beginning of the year, just schedule a conference and talk about things like what is the best way to communicate with you? Mm -hmm. So if the teacher doesn't use the Remind app or some kind of electronic device, like how can you guys communicate freely back and forth? And so I can't speak for every teacher, but I am a really big, really big proponent of email and of Remind because I think they're just easy ways to communicate with both you and Mark, but also with every family in my classroom. Mm -hmm. And also electronic communication is really great for record keeping. 
So I could always go back and be like, oh, in you know January we talked about this or this happened. So mm-hmm. I really like electronic communication. Yeah. Uh, uh, are there things that parents can do to get involved in the classroom in other ways? I mean, I know obviously not every school is as great as Patterson Park um, about wanting parents in the classroom and that type of thing, but... Um, you know, are, are there other ways that you would think that parents who are blind might try to get involved in the classroom? Well, I think coming in to be a guest reader is a great way to kind of meet all the students in the classroom and be a part of the classroom because the kids love to have other people besides their teacher read to them, and they are just in awe of watching you read Braille. <laughs> so they think it's the coolest thing, and I think it's just a great way for them to meet new people and see different ways of reading. That's awesome. So I would definitely suggest offering to come in and read a book to the class. I know you've been great about offering to do other fun stuff with them. I know we're in the process of planning maybe a fun day where all the kids get to practice using a cane. So I think just think teachers are really open to having people come into their classroom and share unique things that they wouldn't get the opportunity to do otherwise. I think that there are some instances, and I think you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think that I've heard from some blind parents that, and just kind of parents in general, that they're just kind of worried about creating more work for teachers or kind of always being that parent that's sort of asking for things or wanting that communication. Um, What what might you say to parents uh, if they're sort of feeling those concerns, particularly those parents that have kids that are kind of in the beginning of their school journey, kids that are in pre-K, kindergarten? Um, what, would, what would your response be? Well, part of the territory in being an early childhood teacher is having constant communication with parents. So all parents of all the students that I teach want to know what's going on, what their kid is doing, how their kid is learning. So. Communication comes with the job. So it's definitely not an extra burden. It's something that we already expect to do. Mm -hmm. So in sending an email, like I said, is not, it's like a one minute step. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that's a huge thing that parents are asking. So I don't think that anyone should feel bad for wanting to be in communication. I love when parents want to talk back and forth because as an early childhood teacher and as any teacher, It's both the school and the parents and the home teaching the child and helping them grow. So neither of us can really do it alone, so we have to be a team. And so I think that being in constant communication just makes that relationship stronger, and it only benefits the child. Absolutely. It takes that village. The more more my kids grow, (laughs) the more I just feel that that's so true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because, you know, you, you can't. You know, I as a parent can't be everywhere. The teacher can't be everywhere. So, and you do need, and, and what happens at school impacts home. What happens at home Absolutely. impacts school. So you really do Absolutely. need to have that. And to be very honest with you, I would rather have a parent that wanted to talk to me every day mm-hmm. than a parent that was very difficult to reach. Mm-hmm. So I don't want parents who want to have that communication to feel bad because mm-hmm. that's the preference. I think teachers would prefer a parent that's very involved to a parent that is hard to reach. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for teachers who might be working with parents who are blind? Any other advice? I mean, you've given a lot of great advice. Other <laughs> advice right. for teachers? Yeah, for teachers. I'd say just to, as much as you can, talk to the parents. I know you and I had a very long parent-teacher conference, and that was great. That's when I learned the most. Mm-hmm. And so if we could have had that meeting maybe more toward the beginning of the year, that would have been great, too. So I think if... You can find a time where you and the parent can sit down and just talk openly. That would really help the whole school year. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll 
enjoy hearing you on the Nation's Blind podcast. Thank you for having me. We at the Nation's Blind podcast have absolutely no doubt that blind parents are more than capable of being full participants in their children's education. And we hope that this interview was helpful for you. Maybe it gave you some information that you can try. And maybe also, if you're a teacher, it gave you some ideas about how to help parents who happen to be blind of the students who might be in your classrooms, particularly the Remind app. That's a wonderful resource, and I would encourage parents who are blind to have their children's teachers check it out if they're not currently using it, because it's a really nice, easy, simple way to communicate, and it's very accessible, at least right now. Well, that's about all the time that we have in this episode. As always, we would love to hear from you. Please give us a call, 410-659-9314, extension 2444, or email us at podcast at nfb.org. Please like us on Facebook, just search for National Federation of the Blind, or follow us on Twitter, at nfb underscore voice. In our next bonus episode, you probably won't be surprised, but we will be hearing one more time from Serena Harris, who teaches first grade at Patterson Park Public Charter School. And Serena will share her experiences and the resources that she uses to help President Riccobono and me have access to Oriana's education. And she does have some different resources to share. So please don't just think that you've heard it all from Laura Kohler. Please tune in next time to the bonus episode and make sure that you get all of the information that Serena Harris has to share. As always, check out our show notes. There's lots of great information there and resources as well. And please share this podcast with others who you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for tuning in to the Nation's Blind Podcast. And remember, you can live the life you want. Thank you for listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, send an email to podcast at nfb.org or leave us a voicemail at 410-659-9314, extension 2444. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at nfb underscore voice. Check out the Nation's Blind channel on YouTube and visit us on the web at nfb.org. Until next time, remember, you can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back.